Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 65 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so glad that you have joined us on this journey, and uh, we thank you for listening every week. If you're new to the podcast, our mission is to encourage and equip local church leaders, and so we're glad you are on board. We want to encourage you to go over and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast listening app, and I also want to tell you that be looking for, in episode number 70, five episodes from now, uh, a contest. We're going to announce a contest. Uh, bribe to subscribe is what we're going to call it. So we may have a giveaway for you that we're going to announce on episode 70. So be on the lookout for that. Now, here is today's episode. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, Mark and I are going to just have a conversation. And this is uh, a continued conversation. Every fifth episode, Mark and I have uh, a conversation with each other, and uh, the last few episodes we've done this, our content has been directly related to COVID-19, enduring and ministering during this crisis and adapting, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But I think what we're going to talk about specifically today will be very, very helpful. Uh, how, How do we have a balanced ministry approach right now? in uh, adapting and changing as well as preparing for what's next. Uh, And and I'll I'll just go ahead and tell you and be honest with you, our philosophy is very simple about this. We can't go about things the way we were doing things two months ago. That's right. It will be almost disastrous for, for us to have the expectations that we're going to just immediately begin meeting again and everything goes back to what we considered normal. Yeah, that, that definitely not going to happen. You know, in this quarantine, I don't know about you, but our family has has had our share of binge watching times. You know, different shows, uh, shows that we're used to that we've seen before. We're rewatching all those things, and I don't know if you have Netflix or Disney Plus or Amazon or whatever, but in really all of those um, avenues to watch content, it's really cool feature. You know, continue watching and. Uh, or, or restart, you know, a series and those kind of things. But here's what's cool: if you if you have to stop in the middle of an episode, usually you can start back, you know, where you left off. It's kind of smart that way; it figures out where you were. But occasionally, you you totally forget what happens. Or, or if you're like me and you're watching, you know, like uh, you know, Criminal Minds or something, you, you fall asleep in the middle of an episode and you don't have any clue of what happened before. And so there's a, another option that you can say restart from beginning. Well, look, what Andy and I are saying is this is a restart from the beginning. Okay, this is not a continue watching moment. We are essentially resetting everything. And if we think that it's not a reset, um, if we think it's a continue watching, I think we're going to be we're going to be frustrated and discouraged, and we're going to be unpleasantly surprised 
by what lies ahead. So Andy's exactly right. Our conversation today is going to be about how do we have this balanced approach in ministry? Because look, we're in, we're kind of in the in, in between time, right? We talk about in Christianity, we talk about being in between, right? The kingdom of of, of God is here, but not yet fully here. Well, we're in an in between time in ministry because we we're trying to still shift and change and adapt at the same time preparing for what's next, even though we have no clue what's next. Some of you are already meeting again. Uh, some of you are getting ready to meet again. How does that change things? What does it look like in the future? So we're going to talk about that balanced approach today. Yeah, specifically beginning with the topic of uh, how do we digitally minister to people right now. Yep. Uh, I, I know that's been a hot topic the last several years, but up until the last couple of months, there's people who that's just been off their radar. Yeah. They've been completely clueless that the avenue of utilizing technology to reach people and equip people was just not that important, yeah. but it has been extremely crucial during the last two months. That's right. It's kind of like and websites were back yeah, in the day. It's a nice option, right? Yeah. When it became a necessity, well, all of this is now a necessity. It's, it's, it's a necessity. Uh, I know people who who signed up for a social media account in the last two months just specifically for the purpose of live streaming their church's service yeah. who had no website. That's right. So instantly... Uh, Facebook gave that church and that pastor a place to minister to to their people during this time. And I believe that avenue is here to stay. That's right. I don't think it's something that goes away here in the next couple of months. I think uh, our our globally and, and nationally and regionally and in our communities, ministry has changed. The paradigm has shifted from just in person and just within the four walls to how do you reach people digitally who can't gather together. So that's I think that's here to stay. And what we need to think about as we realize that is here to stay is how do we how do we redeem that in the right way, but also how do we improve on what we've been doing so that we can better reach and better equip people uh, who are members of our church, our community, or the online community that That's we're right. trying to reach. Absolutely. You know, it would be a huge mistake, I believe, if you're live streaming your your, your worship service, uh, if it's on Facebook or YouTube or, you know, whatever you're using, it would be a mistake to stop that once you start meeting again. Now, look, when we first started this whole quarantine, our, our staff of our church said, hey, we're going we're gonna to stream the whole service. We've always streamed uh, my sermons, but we're going to stream the whole service uh, but when we get back to meeting in person, we're going to stop streaming the worship side of it, the music side, and, and stream the sermons only again. But man, after about three or four weeks, we we dropped back and punted and we said, hey, we got to keep doing this when we gather again because we're reaching people we never would have reached. And on top of that, you know, look, what we're not saying, we're not saying that online gathering is the same thing, okay? We're not saying that. We are proponents of in-person worship because that's the way God designed it. However, what we are saying is there is a new front door to your church, and it would be crazy to ignore that new front door. That new front door is live streaming. It's online worship, online church. It's, it's you know, the whole digital suite of, of ministry that you can be involved in. And we're not talking about just streaming. We're talking about things like Facebook groups and Zoom for your you know, small groups and all those things. That should be here to stay because God can use that as a front door to your church. You know, look, you probably have stories like Andy and I do. There are people who are watching your services 
that would never, before this happened, never darken the door of your church. We've got people like that. And so it would be to ignore them to say that we shouldn't be involved in this. Yeah, and, and prior to all of this, uh, a good example to think through would have been, all right, your church is out of education space. What do you do to start facilitating more groups in your church? Do you start meeting in homes? Do you start having people meet in other times rather than just that one time? Or do you uh, have groups meet in a local restaurant or a community space? You know, that's the kind of things we thought through the last several years prior to all of this. And now this is another avenue for us to think through, all right, right. since we can't meet the way we want to meet in person in gatherings, how do we utilize technology as a way to facilitate that? It's a great tool. It's something we can redeem that is good for our church, it's good for our people, and it is very helpful. Now, it can be abused. Absolutely. It can be misunderstood. And it can be underutilized. So that's that's kind of what we wanted to talk about real quick. How can we improve on yes. what we're doing? So let me encourage you to think through possibly maybe getting a team, maybe getting a content team or a digital team or a creative team or whatever you want to call that and start meeting together regularly to analyze and evaluate how your digital content is going out and how it's engaging people, but also long-term, how are you going to utilize this avenue to uh, equip and to reach people? That's right. I mean, those, that's the right question to ask. Uh, not just how can we get it going, but how can we improve it? You know, how can we make it better? Now, again, um, you know, our, our friend always says, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying, right? Again, we're not saying that you should be perfect and that you should aim for professional quality, okay? We're not saying you've got to be like the local news station in your broadcast. But we do want to be excellent, and we do want to glorify God in all we do. And the worst thing you can do, I don't know about worst, one of the worst things you can do is to have just something and slap it out there and say, okay, we've done it, and it's the worst quality ever. You can't hear anything. You can't see anything. You know, people struggle to understand what in the world you're saying in your sermon. How can you improve what you're already Let's stop right there for just a second, Mark. Let's talk about some very practical things. What are the the most important things people need to focus on for putting out digital content? Kent, uh, you said... Um, the, the, the quality, how, how can somebody who is not tech savvy have something that's good quality where people don't look at it and say, Ooh, right. You know, right. Or immediately click off and, and, and go find something right. else. So. Well, you know, we're not going to do a commercial for different products, but there are lots of op- opportunities, lots of options out there. And as simple as using your phone. Now, look, what, what we do not want you to do, okay, we discourage you to grab somebody's phone, put it in portrait mode, and put them in the back of the worship center or sanctuary and, and hit live stream. Don't do that because you're not going to be able to hear anything. It's going to be reverberating. Don't do that. But listen, you can you can invest a small amount. And we're not talking about a lot of money here. Small amount in, in a... Uh, video mic me for your phone by road. I mean, that's that's what I use for a lot of my live things. You could get a Mevo for your church. Uh, you can you can you can obviously go a little higher and get a PTZ Optics camera and put that in your soundboard. And you know we can give you some advice on that. But but you don't have to do that. The the question is not how do we get it perfect, but how do we take it to the next level? How do we take it to the next step? 
to to make sure we're excellent. And a very basic thing is if you're going to use your phone, which, by the way, the camera on your phone, the average phone right now, is fantastic. Yes, it is. Here's two key things to think about, lighting and sound. Yep. If it is well lit, then the, the quality of the picture is going to be there, even if it's a low-quality camera. But sound is key. If people cannot hear you, they're not going to continue That's to right. watch. So, so make sure that your sound – work with your sound person. If you don't have a sound person, if, you, if you're doing this yourself, uh, look through some options – uh, to, to have some kind of external mic that's going mm-hmm. to uh, to help you amplify or or hone in on that sound and then use a space that's more uh, helpful in that unless you are live streaming in your sanctuary. But if you're live streaming your sanctuary, right now is a great time to fine-tune some kind of little setup that that's you right. have. And it's okay. Experiment. You don't have to have it perfect right now. That's right. What we're doing right now is completely different. We were doing a few weeks ago. Absolutely. And, and we expect it to adapt and, and evolve and change over time. Too. That's right. And depending on context, it will adapt. I'm going to pick on our church for a minute, okay? Our church is very tech savvy, and our church is very, you know, forward thinking in these terms. However, before the quarantine, the two things Andy just mentioned are the two things that we struggled with lighting and sound. We were struggling getting a good mix. We're struggling getting the lighting correct. Now, here's what's crazy. In the middle of this quarantine, here's what we've done. We're using my worship pastor's iPhone, and we're using my Google Pixel 3a. That, that's what we're using to record much better quality lighting, video, and sound. That's all we're using. Now, when we go back to live worship, we're going to continue streaming, and we're going to come up with a different option because the lighting in our worship center is not conducive. So we're going to figure that out. We met about it today. And so, uh, again, we're not going to invest a lot of money because we don't have a lot of money. So this is not Andy and Mark sitting here, you know, on a on a you know boatload of money saying, well, this is what we did. No, we we have limited budgets too, but you know we can make small changes to improve the quality. <clears throat> yeah, there are there are ways to do that. So, um, so that's what you need to think through right now. I think that's the kind of the elephant in the room of the changes that have been made and the changes that we need to make is we need to address how are we utilizing and redeeming technology to reach people and to better equip them. Because obviously, even when we start meeting, if your church hasn't started meeting in person now, when we start meeting in person, it will be a trickle. It won't be a floodgate. Uh, it's going to take some time for, for people who uh, are not ready to come back to come back. So we're going to have to continue to find ways to reach them. So, And that kind of leads us right into a, a way to help you as a pastor, as a church leader, reach some people. I That's think, right. I think there's a good opportunity you wanted to mention. That's right. Mark. So we're going to come back to this conversation in just a minute. But before we do, we do want to mention a word from our sponsor for this episode. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Disciple Making Ministries. And uh, so Disciple Making Ministries is a partnership between several different ministries, including Insight Ministries and Passion Tree. Uh, and those are two ministries within the state of Alabama dedicated, committed to revitalization and disciple making. And so there's a great opportunity. And you don't have to be in Alabama to take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, they've come up with a concept called Lunch and Learn. And so every month, uh, every month they're going to have a Lunch and Learn. Now, it's, it's BYOL, right? Bring your own lunch. But uh, every month they're going to have a Lunch and Learn where you bring your own lunch and then join together digitally. For a webinar and uh, from different disciple making leaders throughout the country. Uh, and the first lunch and learn is this Thursday, the Thursday that you're hearing this episode. So it's going to be Thursday, May 21st at noon. And you can register for that lunch and learn at disciplemakingal.com. 
disciplemakingal.com. We'll have a link in the show notes for that as well. And uh, starting at 12 noon, you'll have an opportunity to hear from Joel Malm this Thursday, uh, an author, a pastor, and a coach. And uh, he's, he's fantastic. You'll enjoy that. And then you'll have time uh, for Q&A and interaction with some of the local disciple-making leaders here in the state of Alabama. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Now, back to our conversation. All right, so we've been talking high-tech. Let's talk now about high-touch. Uh, we've, I thought we were going to talk about low-tech. No, yeah, just kidding. Well, low-tech is, <laughs> is, is fine. That's a good way to describe it. But <clears throat> the digital aspect of how we balance ministry right now and plan for ministry in the future is obvious. There's a need to adapt, and there's a need to make changes, and there's a need to pr- prepare for what is next uh, because this is that word, uh, that phrase that's being utilized. This is the new normal. That's right. Okay? But how do we organizationally, okay, we're talking about digital. Let's talk about the organization. How do we organizationally adapt right now and make those necessary changes so that we can better reach and equip our people? Uh, I, I think it's necessary for us to, to, to have a strategic plan digitally, but also a, a strategic plan organizationally. Uh, the structure, the trellis for the vines, whatever you want to call that, that needs to be something that we're thinking through and evaluating and planning for right now. And, and that is, that's a big umbrella. There's a lot under that. But I think there's some specific things that we can address uh, right now that I think might, might not either be on your radar or might be helpful for you to think through that you've haven't given enough thought to. That's right. So going back to that whole idea about this is a, a you know a restart from the beginning, right? Um, we don't want you to think that you know once you start meeting again, everything is back back to normal. All your ministry teams are the same. All your programming is the same. You know this is an incredible opportunity, um, and it would be a shame to waste it. Uh, there are people in your church that are gifted uh, with technology, with with ministry that are not being utilized right now. Uh, and I think the situation we're in right now has created an opportunity for them to step up in the areas that not only they are gifted in, but they're passionate about. For instance, uh, it, it may be time for your church to enlist a, a technology team, uh, an IT support team, a media support team, whatever you want to call it, some some team that is responsible for the production the recording, the streaming, you know, whatever, all the digital aspect, all the technology that, that may be intimidating to you or maybe overwhelming to you or maybe you don't have time for or, you know, or maybe you don't need to have time for. Let me say it that way because Annie is going to talk about this in a minute. All of our plates have been made a bit more full, at least those of us who pastor normative-sized churches. And so while we may be able to do this and pull it off, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe it's time to enlist a team to do that. Yeah, and I, I mean, another thing to think through as far as a team to organize, enlist, equip, and to, to release for ministry would be to repurpose your, your greeting or welcoming team. That's right. Because that's going to look completely different the next few weeks. Yes, it uh, will. Uh, with doors propped open and people wearing masks and pointing people to hand sanitizer stations and social distancing where they sit. I mean, that's going to have to be something you strategically think through. And you might to, you might want to involve in that, that team now uh, security and medical professionals. That's right. Because it's just a completely different thing. You're not just opening the door and handing people a bulletin and letting them go sit where they want to now. It's a completely different scenario to think through. So 
uh, whether your church has a large space or a small space or a, a lot of people or, or not many people, that's something you're going to have to uh, be creative and, and thoughtful in because I believe not only what we talked about earlier, the high-tech digital aspect, but also the organizational aspect of what we're experiencing right now, I think faith and common sense go hand in hand mm-hmm. with this. I think there should be uh, a, a level of faith that we are trusting the Lord to lead us in what we are to do and to, to do it well, but also utilizing the information that we have at hand, uh, getting together with uh, those who are leading well during this time with a network of peers and kind of talking amongst yourselves about good practices and what's helpful. But the bottom line is it's going to change. You're going to have to develop some new teams and release them to do ministry. Like Mark was talking, your digital teams and, and your, your welcoming or greeting teams are going to have to adapt and change. And, you know, look, I, I don't know what you're like, but my personality, <clears throat> I've always avoided the people who love corny Christian t-shirts, and I try to avoid people who love corny church signs, okay? But maybe it's time for a team of those people to come together to come up with corny sayings to add some humor to your signage saying that you can't sit on this pew. And so we've already had some suggestions that normally I would hate, but I thought that is a great idea. So maybe we're going to have a corny message team. I don't know. how. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities. The quarantine. The quarantine. There you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's good. as well as thinking through different teams and ministry roles, because uh, team leaders, ministry leaders, volunteers, and even staff and organizational leaders, we're going to have to be flexible for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you may be like me, you may be in a smaller or moderate sized church, and your roles have had to adapt and change. Yeah. You've had to be flexible. Um, but but that's going to leak over into even our programming. Uh, is is what we're doing? I mean, you can utilize whatever illustration you want to. Is it helping us push the ball down the field or whatever? But ultimately, is what we're doing helping us reach people and make disciples? That's right. Is it mission critical? So I have a great so, friend who asked that question. I mean, we all have the time. to think through uh, worship gatherings and small groups, and you know, our church has Sunday school and then worship on Sunday morning, and then Sunday night we have all kinds of different activities and family worship, and then Wednesday night we have age graded ministries and things. So we've got to think through. All right, what is our plan for moving back toward those things, and are those things going to be helpful, completely helpful in, in, in helping us fulfill the mission of our church? That's right. So, and it's a great opportunity to ask yeah, those questions. Yeah. Now, look, what we want to caution you against, we've heard several pastors say things like this, we want to caution you against using this pandemic as an opportunity to just to kill something mm-hmm. okay, that you don't like. Okay, there's a lot of things that we don't like, and we'd love to kill them. Sometimes they need to die, slow death, sometimes you know a sudden death in our churches, but don't just... You know, put five things on the list and say, okay, we're going to kill all these because, you know, we haven't been doing them. We don't need them. Well, that may be true, but there's a right way to do that. And and maybe some things do need to die, but there's, a, again, a right way to, to have a funeral for those programming Absolutely. events, yeah, but to ask those questions. And don't be in a rush to, to do that. That's don't right. be in a rush to make That's that right. decision. And, and, and as well as don't be in a rush to make those decisions d- – don't be in a rush to going back to the way things yes, were. That's, what that's you were exactly doing. right. So as well as digital, the in-person gatherings, whether it's your worship gatherings or small groups, let me encourage you to think through this. Let it be short and let it be genuine. Yes. Authenticity has 
has really, I mean, it's been more and more important as we as we go in the, in, the, uh, in the last decade. But it is vital now. Authenticity is vital. I think you can look right now uh, at churches. It, you know, even their online worship deal, the streaming. I think the ones who are really engaging people are ones who are shorter, and ones who are authentic, genuine. They're real. They're not trying to act like they're they're preaching to a full room when everybody and their mother knows there is nobody in that room, right? Yeah, they're preaching to people in their pajamas in their living room. <laughs> That's right. To, That's so. right. And so the ones that have been more engaging are the ones who recognize that fact. And act like it. And so let's don't try to pretend to be something we're not. When we come back in live worship services, let's continue that trend. Let's be genuine. Let's be authentic. Let's be shorter. Now, Andy and I are not saying that we should just give in to the whims of people and create church consumers and say, okay, well, people want a shorter service. Let's get them a shorter service. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that it's it's not about preference. It's about engagement. And I mean, that's, that's the goal of the gospel, to engage people with the gospel so lives are transformed. And so if we can do that in a more effective way by being authentic, genuine, and maybe a little shorter, maybe that's what we should do. Well, I think that was the pattern of Jesus himself. I think that was the pattern of Paul, the one we look up to, the, maybe the greatest missionary ever. And we look, look at the pattern of the early church. Uh, they adapted and changed so that they can be the most effective to ministering to people, meeting needs, but but also making disciples. That's right. So that's that's what we've got to. Everything's kind of got to filter through that. Uh, are we just doing it for the sake of doing it the way we used to do it because that's what people are comfortable with? Um, uh, I, I I think that might be a good next topic is for us to talk about navigating change during this time yeah. how do we how do we make that change and it's not stopping or starting something new it's the transition in between the two that's so hard it is look we don't read about a second instance of the apostle paul preaching till somebody fell out of a window okay he adapted right and maybe maybe that's you maybe you need to adapt maybe we don't need an hour and a half worship service when we return now look we're not saying that that should be that way forever but maybe maybe it is we need to be open to adapting. That's what we're saying. Well, I have definitely had to adapt. I don't know about you guys. <clears throat> um, uh, at, at the church that I serve, there's me and one other guy, Kevin, and we're both bivocational, both part-time, and our roles have had to adapt and change. And uh, I just wanted to to kind of bring our time to a close with a little bit of encouragement and let you know that what you're doing right now matters. Mm. You may not know which end to grab. You may not know if if this is right or if this works or if this is effective. But let me just tell you, if you have the attitude that you're trying to please the head of the church, Jesus Christ, if you're trying to shepherd your people well right now, then what you're doing is worth it. My workload literally has quadrupled during Mm -hmm. this time. Um, I am a small business owner, so uh, I've had to kind of scale back a little bit on that aspect and, uh, and and focus more on how can we work through this crisis and minister to our people well. And, and I mean, shepherd them, but also, I mean, I had no idea two months ago that I would be, one of my main roles would be pastoring slash producer of online content. <laughs> That's right. You know, but we have to do what we have to do. And it, it is a joy to me to get to do that because I know it's helping reach people and equip people. That's right. What you do matters. Absolutely. And, you know, we don't have time to share all the stories of how God has used this. And, and I know you have stories too, but um, it, it's amazing 
to me to see how God is working in this, to see how people are more engaged. People who weren't engaged at all are now more engaged than they were before. And one of the great things that I've seen happen is we had a guy who joined right before the quarantine. I mean, like the week before the quarantine. And then he was shipped off to basic training in the Army. And uh, he joined right before. We've been praying for him. We keep it in touch with him as much as possible because of the discipling he got before he left. Uh, he was emboldened to share his faith in basic training. And uh, not only did he share his faith, but he led a new brother to Christ. Amen. And all that was communicated online. Hmm. And all that happened in spite of the fact that he can't meet in person with his church. And so while that's not a digital thing, it's, it's happening in the middle of this, this crisis. And God is still at work in your church, too. Amen. So well, not only were these some things we wanted you to think through, and evaluate and plan for, but we wanted you to know we're we're there with you, and we are very encouraged by hearing a lot of your stories. Some of you have shared stories with us about how during this time God has used your church or used you or used the people that you lead to make a difference, and we're thankful for each of you. And we just want you to know we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now without you. So we're, right. we're thankful for you. Absolutely. So thank you guys for listening to this episode, and uh, we hope you've been encouraged and equipped to lead in a local church. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 